What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. It is Friday, April 1st, and we are going to be talking about some fantasy baseball content right now in honor of April Fool's Day. We will be talking about one player from each division in Major League Baseball who will April Fool's you on your way to a fantasy baseball championship, a.k.a. busts players who are going to disappoint at their current ADP draft season is in full swing right now. It's this weekend is going to be the biggest weekend of the year for drafts with the season starting less than a week to go. So we're going to get right into it here, starting with the AL East and a certain outfielder who plays in Florida, Randy Arozarena. He is ADP is 81.8 right now. He is the 78th player off the board. And this is more specifically for Yahoo leagues, where he is 51st overall. And by the way, this is all based on Fantasy Pros ADP, which has CBS, Yahoo, ESPN, Fantrax, RT Sports, NFC. So these are all six of those combined and then i just went through and found each player so back to the top here al east randy rosarena adp 81.8 78th player off the board in yahoo leagues he's going 51st overall and that is it gives me a headache thinking about someone spending a fourth a late fourth early fifth round pick on someone like a rosarena because his profile has so many risks in it, and it is terrifying to think that he could be one of the anchors for a team being put together this weekend. On ESPN, he's a lot more fair at 132nd overall, and that's outside the top 10 rounds. So kind of if you have a really strong feeling about him, sure, go for it. But Arozarena is mostly remembered for his incredible 2020 playoffs during the COVID season where his home runs and timely hits dragged the Rays to their second World Series berth. But last season in 2022, he massively overperformed his expected stats. And I know you hear that a lot, like, oh, he outperforms his expected stats here and there. No, literally, Rosarena was doing it all over the place. His batting average, his slugging, and his WOBA were all way ahead of what the expected stats would think. So his batting average was 274, very respectable. Expected batting average, 222, bottom 9% in the league. He had the second biggest difference between his batting average and his expected batting average behind Nicky Lopez. Slugging, same story. 459 slugging on the surface, but underneath 369 expected slugging. That was the biggest difference among 132 qualified batters. Put him in the bottom 17% of the league with that expected slugging. And then with Woba, 359, expected Woba, 311, bottom 22% of the league. And among those 132 hitters, it was also the biggest difference. Couple that with a sky-high 28.1% strikeout rate. And I just, in good conscience cannot recommend anyone drafting a Rosarena 
especially on Yahoo leagues. And honestly, I don't think I'd give him a top 100 pick. I know people are going after the steals and that's a huge priority in roto leagues, but I mean, in head to head category leagues and points leagues, like there, you can let a Rosarena slide. He's not going to bring it in home runs. The steals are not going to punt steals for all I care in your categories leagues. Um, I just don't see the value in drafting someone with this kind of profile on your fantasy baseball team with a top 100 pick. Like I said on ESPN, he's at 132. So go for it if you want. If you want to add some steals outside the top 10 rounds, if you're in a 12 team league, and uh, in the AL East, so main guy Randy Rosarena. But honorable mention goes to DJ LeMahieu. He's still being drafted pretty high. Um, he clearly used the 2019 juiced ball to his advantage, got a massive contract, but he kind of just seems back to his slap happy contact hitter from the Colorado days. And just, there's so many more options out there than LeMahieu, who's in a decent lineup, obviously New York Yankees. They are, they're known for having a good lineup, but I would just pass over him. So moving on to the AL Central, we've got a very popular guy here, Tim Anderson. 55.8 is his ADP. He's the 54th player off the board in the Fantasy Pros ADP, but he is 29th on Yahoo right now. And I promise I'm not just going to be bashing Yahoo ADP this whole time. But Tim Anderson, shortstop for the White Sox. Batting average, fantastic. And he, But the thing is, I think he has this reputation to steal a lot more bases than he actually does. He's only stolen more than 18 bases once in his six seasons. The batting average is great. He's never topped 65 RBIs, so you're not going to get a huge amount of counting stats in that category from him at the top of the White Sox lineup. He's never topped 100 runs. He's never, he's only played, uh, he hasn't played more than 125 games in a season since 2018. Obviously, 2020, COVID season, can't play 125 games, but 2019, 2021 still didn't crack like a, what you would call an everyday player kind of protocol or profile. And I think if you're drafting him at this point with another, this is another top five round pick. You're definitely hoping on the health, and he hasn't really shown us that he can stay healthy. And it seems really expensive to me to spend the 55th or draft Tim Anderson as the 54th player in Fantasy Pros and especially the 29th player on Yahoo for some guaranteed batting average because the home runs, the steals, the RBIs, those are all up in the air. And like I said, he's never topped 100 runs. So there's a lot to not like there with Tim Anderson, who I've fallen into the trap before. Like for some reason, he has this hold over people in the fantasy baseball world where it's like Tim Anderson, oh, like 2020 in the bag. Not not the case. And he's probably going to end up in the IL for about 40 games during the 2022 season if history is to be believed. And in the AL Central, the honorable mention, and this hurts my heart, but it's got to be Salvador Perez. 
He's a catcher going in the top three or four rounds right now. He's the number one catcher. And while I personally believe he is worth that, like he is definitely the number one catcher and he's such a stud hitter that he should be in that range. I just don't think you're ever going to go broke betting against a 32 year old catcher coming off a historically great regular real life season and fantasy baseball season. Like if you're betting against Salvador Perez this year, you've probably got, you're probably the favorite in Vegas to win that bet. So it is very concerning to take him, but I mean, I'm, this one was that with a heavy heart, like I said. I mean, on ESPN, he's going outside the top 50, and I would definitely grab him there. Not really sure what's going on with the ESPN ADP. Um, I guess they've got Shohei Otani as the number one pitcher player in the game, but I guess that's daily leagues more often than not, so that would help out there. But Salvador Perez, 34th player off the board, 36.8 ADP. Yeah, you. it's not... It's not a bad bet to bet against Perez not replicating what happened last year with his best catcher of all time season. Moving on to the AL West here, we've got a new signing in Dallas, Texas, or Fort Worth, or Arlington, or whichever one of those three cities are in Dallas. I always forget. Uh, Marcus Simeon, second base, shortstop eligible for the Texas Rangers. He's got an ADP of 31.8, 27th player off the board. He is very similar to a Rosarena. He outperformed all his expected stats last year. 265 batting average with a 245 expected. Slugging was 538. Expected slugging, 455, which was the second biggest difference among 132 qualified players. And his Woba, 368 on the surface, but underneath 333, which was the fourth biggest difference. One of the players ahead of him there, obviously, Randy Rosarena, who we already talked about. But moving from Toronto to Texas, just not going to be as fun to roster Marcus Simeon on your fantasy baseball squads. He's going from a lineup with George Springer, Vlad Guerrero, Bo Bichette, T. Oscar Hernandez, and now he's got Corey Seager, he's got, uh, yeah, exactly. So you kind of want to, while the Rangers are, they're building up, it's a definite stepping stone. It's going in the right direction in, in Dallas with Semyon and Seager coming on board. But 45 home runs last year, most ever by a second baseman. Uh, 48% fly ball rate, that's crazy um career high in stolen bases last year like it just there's so many things that scream regression for Marcus Semyon and I am very worried about taking him especially with shortstop like there's so much depth at that position and even second base I mean we've got Ozzy Albies going a few picks before him in the middle of the second round. We've got Jose Altuve after him. There's like, I'd rather bet on the upside of 
Albies or the bounce back from Altuve rather than going with Simeon. I mean, you've also got Whit Merrifield, uh, Cattell Marte. Like, much rather have Cattell Marte at 67.8 than Marcus Simeon at 31.8. So that's kind of my April Fool's guy for the AL West with the honorable mention being Jesse Winker, who just moved over in a trade from Cincinnati to Seattle. I mean, his struggles with left-handed pitchers is well-documented, and he's never played more than 115 games in a season, but last year he was able to cobble that together because he was playing in Cincinnati and had a great home ballpark. And uh, now he doesn't. Seattle, a lot more of a pitcher's park. And it's not going to be as friendly for Jesse Winker to hit home runs on the West Coast compared to the Midwest. So that was the AL there. Just quick wrap up. The East was Rosarena. The Central was Tim Anderson. And the West was Marcus Simeon. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of position players... Pitchers are kind of inherently risky. Uh, I am about to get to a couple of relievers here, which is tough, but I will explain as I go. So moving right along to the NL East here, another one. Am I biased against speed? Maybe that's what it is. I'm just realizing this now as I put this list together. But we've got NL East here, another new signing in the Big Apple. New York Mets outfielder, Starling Marte. He's got an ADP of 46th overall, 42nd player off the board. He has already had an oblique injury in spring training. He also dealt with the same injury last year when he was between the Marlins and the A's. You're drafting him to steal bases, and my thing is, will he steal those bases? That's what he's drafted for, and if he doesn't return on that, like you are done for with um, Marte as a draft pick because top 50 pick on a guy that can really only steal bases. And it's going to be questionable because the Mets have had one player steal at least 25 bases over the last 10 seasons. And I said that in a very strange tone. But what I meant was they've only had one player reach 25 stolen bases in the last 10 seasons. And it was one player that did it twice in back-to-back years. In 2013 and 2014, Eric Young Jr. stole 38 and 30 bases in back-to-back seasons. And I just don't know organizationally if Marte is going to have that chance. He's, I mean, Francisco Lindor is hitting right behind him. Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo is currently slated on roster resource on Fangraphs to bat leadoff when it's a right righty up top. And it's going to be tough for Marte to get those steals. He's also like 33, almost 30. I think he's going to turn 34 this season. So... You're drafting a guy that's been injured with the same injury twice in the last year, turning 34, being drafted for steals with a team 
that's had one player in the last 10 seasons steal more than 25 bases. And he's going as the 42nd player off the board. That's a no thank you for me. I will not be drafting Starling Marte in a Mets uniform in 2022. Honorable mention here is JT Realmuto, catcher, Philadelphia Phillies. I just prefer Salvador Perez, Will Smith, and Dalton Varsho, and Real Muto is going here as the second catcher off the board. So I just think you're going to be looking at the end of the season standings, and uh, you're going to be kind of mad that you took Real Muto over Smith or Varsho, even maybe Yasmani Grandal. Like I, I like Yasmani Grandal a lot. Uh, to be fair, up, I just refreshed. The ADP here and uh, Will Smith is going ahead of Real Muto now, 68.8 compared to 70.5. But Real Muto is still going ahead on Yahoo and Fantrax. And it's a eight point difference or eight pick difference on ESPN. So people are still drafting them pretty close together. I just think Will Smith is going to be way better. I think he's going to get a little bit more playing time. Here with the DH coming in, uh, although the Dodgers will have a pretty crowded list to do some DHing with Turner and Muncie and Mookie Betts needing a day off and Cody Bellinger not able to hit a baseball and it's going to be tough. But I do think he's going to outperform Real Muto on a day to day basis, and especially in an OBP league. Will Smith, all day, every day. Thank you very much. So moving on to the NL Central and no, well, there's an honorable mention here. I lost it in my notes, but it's actually two closers. And there's for slightly different reasons. One is Josh Hader, kind of similar to the Salvador Perez argument, like just the first reliever off a board, off the board, like how likely is it to repeat Right now, he's got an ADP of 42.8. He's the 39th player off the board. But if you actually go into his player page here on Fantasy Pros, you can see that since March 22nd, he's actually going as the 36th pick. He's now going as the 35th pick in ADP. And that means he's a top three-round pick. And this might be influenced by some of the NFC ADP going for an overall prize. Like you want to go big or go home and on to be fair to hater. Like he's, he's going to be great talent elite at the position. And is he likely to lead the league in saves? He's probably got as good a chance of anyone, but I just like the way I do my drafts, I'm going hitter, hitter, in the first two rounds and in the third and the fourth round, I'm either looking to find that one hitter that falls or get my first starting pitcher. Uh, even if I go hitter pitcher in the first two rounds, like there's no way I have the draft capital to spend on a reliever at that point in the draft. And it just doesn't really fit into my team builds. So it seems like a luxury pick that in the first three, four, five rounds, like you can't afford. If Hater's there in the fifth round, like 
that is he is a difference maker at the position. I'm not trying to say he's a bad player. Like this bust is a little bit of a you know wavy line here, kind of murky in the waters with the definition. But Hater at as a almost third round player is just not going to be on any of my teams this year. If he falls into the fifth round, sure. Happy to grab him. He's that good. I totally understand it. But as a third round with all those hitters and the SP1s really starting to thin out around that point in the draft, I'd much rather go with one of those more durable, at least in the hitting side, uh, players and just I'll, I'll find saves later. And one of those candidates that would maybe be for saves later a lot of people are thinking is Giovanni Gallegos for the Cardinals, who's going 122.5 in ADP, 117th player off the board. And he's a bus candidate because I think a lot of people are trying. He's in a lot of people's top 10 closers. He's an RP1. But the Cardinals keep showing and telling us that they don't want him as their primary saves arm. They had a chance to give it to him last year. Alex Reyes took the job, ran with it. 12 saves and 24 holds last year for Gallegos. Jordan Hicks the year before that. Even now in spring training, they're like, oh, we don't know. Like, it's going to be by committee. Like, until I see it, I'm just going to be kind of out on Gallegos as an RP1. Like, there's a fine, like, there's between a Josh Hader and a Giovanni Gallegos, there's Ryan Presley. There's um Liam Hendricks I mean he's kind of up there with Josh Hader and ADP but like Rizal Iglesias for the Angels Edwin Diaz for the Mets Kenley Jansen for the Braves like these are guys that are locked in to the closer role and they are not going to lose it just on a oh you look tired today kind of thing like with Gallegos, the Cardinals seem to be happy to switch him in and out as they see fit. But I think those other guys, Iglesias, Presley, Diaz, Chapman, Jansen, like they're locked into their closer role. They can afford to have a couple of bad games and they'll stay right there. And then the NL Central, the honorable mention is Nolan Arenado. As a bus candidate, yeah, yes, he is. He's just, there's so many more exciting options at third base, and he kind of feels like this weird bridge between the guys you really want to draft, like Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers, Manny Machado, and then the guys you're excited to draft for their potential, like Austin Riley. I know he's a, he's a bus candidate for some people. I believe that he can bounce back. Chris Bryant in Colorado. Alex Bregman trying to get a full healthy year. Anthony Rendon in that slightly revamped Angels lineup. Like I feel like those four guys can do a lot of what Arenado can bring, but Bryant and Bregman and Rendon are significantly cheaper. Uh, Riley's just going 0.2 in ADP after Arenado, so they're really just right there neck and neck. But especially on ESPN, looking at it right here, Arenado is the 28th player off the board, and Austin Riley is the 71st player. Like, holy smokes. That is way too big of a gap between those guys. 
yeah, on ESPN, they've got Ramirez, Devers, Machado, and Arenado going in the top 28 picks. And then, yeah, their ADP is a little wonky here because they got Bregman at 31. They've got Brian at 45, Riley at 71. Like DJ LeMahieu is 64th off the board on ESPN leagues in the third base rankings. So they're just remember that when you're looking at your draft board, like go to fantasy pros, make your own rankings or type in your cheat sheet creator with the rankings and like draft off of that. The more information you have from more sites, the better, especially if it's tailored towards your scoring, you can take that, take that sheet, pretty much paste it, on your screen with some tape over the draft board area and just draft off of that. Don't let that CBS, Yahoo, ESPN site uh, force you to like feel like you have to take one of these players earlier than you do. Like get on Fantasy Pros, make this draft sheet and do it that way. And finally is the NL West. And because I gave you two players in the NL Central, I'm not going to give you an honorable mention here. But the NL West is a sad but obvious one. Fernando Tatis, shortstop, outfield, San Diego Padres. As of right now on Fantasy Pros, his ADP is 56, and he's the 56th player off the board. And this is a guy with a shoulder injury that was not surgically repaired yet, and he's just had a wrist injury that was surgically repaired, and he's out for three months. And you're spending a top five round pick on someone expected to miss at least three months is probably still going to have the shoulder injury and he's missed all of spring training. So he won't have really swung a baseball bat since October. Just n- no, not in redraft in dynasty. If you got someone freaking out, bye, 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 like send the farm to get Tatis and compete for years to come but in a redraft league i'm just out he's not going to be back till june he's a phenomenal talent i've said this about a lot of guys but seven of the eight projection models on fan graphs have him playing between 77 and 83 games one half of fernando tatis is great but why don't you just be the guy that trades a bunch of assets for him that you've acquired on the waiver wire through good drafting and trade for him at the all-star break instead of being the guy that has him on your bench. If you have tons of IL spots, I can start to get behind it. But if you have one IL spot, like you think that you're only going to fill that IL spot until the third day of the season. And then there's so many injuries already. So that's why I'm out on Tatis as a 2022 redraft target. And he is my NL West April Fool's player. So to recap here, Quite a few players been named. Players who will April Fool's you in honor of April Fool's Day. AL East, Randy Rosarena. AL Central, Tim Anderson. AL West, Marcus Simeon. NL East, Starling Marte. NL Central, two closers here, Josh Hader and Giovanni Gallegos. And in the NL West, it was Fernando Tatis Jr. I myself have three fantasy baseball drafts lined up this weekend. I've got uh, I've got the rotaballer.com league, uh, the staff league tomorrow night, Saturday. Uh, that's a five by five roto. And then I've got a startup dynasty draft the following night. 
uh, on ESPN. I think that's a six by six OBP league with quality starts. And then at midnight, that same night, I have my salary cap dynasty league where I have a lot of work to do in that league. Did not do very well last year trying to bounce back, but I got a lot of good assets. I got Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners. I got Wander Franco. Like there's the bounce back is coming this year. So hopefully the rest of the league is prepared for that. But that does it for this week's three episodes of Backup Fantasy Sports. We did some F1. We did some Premier League. And today we're doing some fantasy baseball. And it's probably going to be three times a week moving forward. So hopefully you tune in, like, subscribe, uh, follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now. You can follow me. I will tweet out the link to the podcast on Twitter every time an episode is published at you in or you out. And once again, have a great weekend. Enjoy those fantasy baseball drafts and I will talk to you next time.